In today's show, we're looking at the games from Thursday. Update on Draymond Green and Joe Harris's injury status. We talk about the All-Star Reserves, and we hear from Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. We're going to talk about the games, as I said, from Thursday, some news, but let's get straight into that news right now. Let's start with the All-Star Reserves. I'm sure you have seen the All-Star um, the All-Star selections today. Um, and it's pretty good. Like To be honest, I don't really see how you can have any complaints with the Western Conference Reserves, which were Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, Rudy Gobert, Draymond Green, Donovan Mitchell, Chris Paul, and Carl Anthony Towns. You can sit here and scream at me to you blue in the face and tell me that DeJounte Murray was snubbed. But over who? Like that, That's the thing. Over Andrew Wiggins? Yeah, I get it, right? I understand that I would have had him in over Wiggins pretty clearly, but the position requirements cause these issues because there are, across the NBA, a real dearth of all-star caliber frontcourt players who aren't injured. Yeah, Paul George, Anthony Davis, these guys, Kawhi Leonard, these guys, Zion Williamson, these guys would have been in, but they're not because they've been hurt. And yeah, that leads to yeah, guys like Wiggins making that, um, making that situation, making that starter spot. I probably would have had someone like Ingram over him personally, just in the whole squad. But it's very hard for me to argue that the Jonte Murray should be in ahead of Booker. No way. Doncic, no way. Donovan Mitchell, no chance. Chris Paul, no way. Absolutely no way. Can't argue any of that. To me, I just don't see how you how you could with a straight face. Now, Draymond Green is not going to play the All-Star game. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't know that when the commissioner makes that choice that he has to replace Draymond with a front court player. He might. He might have to. I, I don't know for sure. Jaron Jackson, another one who could be in the mix there. So you'd think it's between Jackson and Ingram if they're going for front court guys. And then if it's not, then DeJounte is going to hit that spot. But I don't know if they just pick anybody or if they have to pick a front court guy. I, I just don't know that. Um, and honestly, I, I don't care that much about the All-Star game to try and dig in and find the rules about commissioner replacements. I'll just be up front with you. The Eastern Conference, the players that they picked, right, it, they're not the best players that should be in there. But it's hard to, again, the position requirements cause a problem. And this is why, not that I got particularly upset, but it's why listing DeMar DeRozan as a guard fucks it. Sorry, because it does, because he's not. He's a forward. And with that dearth of forwards, it meant that Chris Middleton made the team. Not that Chris Middleton's bad. He's a very good player. He hasn't had a particularly great season at all. He's been fine. But it means he makes it over LaMelo Ball, which I don't think is you know, the correct move. His teammate, Drew Holiday, both of those guys should have been in the team over Chris Middleton. But because you needed three forwards and there's just not that many forwards or centers around who are worthy, he gets in. Now, you could easily have an argument that Jarrett Allen should be in. I should read out the Eastern Conference reserves. Your forwards were Butler, Tatum, and Middleton. And then the rest were guards again. Garland, Harden, and Van Vliet. And someone else I'm missing. Levine. Someone's going to miss. That's going to be Kevin Durant. So someone has to be replaced again. Does that have to be a front court guy? 
Then you've got Jared Allen, who's almost definitely next in line there. Bam Adebayo's missed too much time, I would suggest, to have been in. He didn't play particularly well before his injury anyway. Pascal Siakam missed a lot of time. He's another one who's in that mix, though, to, to fill that spot, along with Lamelo and Drew Holiday. They're probably the major guys, I think. But, like, again, if we didn't have DeRozan as a guard, if he was listed as a forward, he would make it in one of those forward spots. Middleton wouldn't be in there. And Lamelo Ball or Drew Holiday, who I think are much more deserving than Chris Middleton, would have made the team. That's my issue with it. Is it just, we already had too many guards that making DeRozan a guard when he isn't impacts how that bench looks and how those reserves look. But given, given how everything's set up, with the voting, yet they had to have Middleton in there. They couldn't have had Lamelo in that position. They couldn't have had um, Drew Holiday in that position. They just couldn't have, given the way that the structure is. Yeah, Allen, Miles Bridges, maybe those guys in over him, over Middleton. And I don't think I'd have too much of a problem with that. But that's really the only issue I have there. We've got other news. Draymond Green. He could be back within three to four weeks. That's not ideal. That's like start of March. Um, back injury is not great. He's saying he's not in too much pain, but it's a slow ramp up and they're going to be really cautious with it. Is Draymond Green worth holding on to in fantasy leagues? That's always going to be an individual question, but it's not a slam dunk. Yes, you have to hold on. Because this injury, that's a long time. And you just might need players to play, especially if your playoffs start at the end of February. You, you might need to move on. Um... I, I don't think Joe Harris is playing in this season. He might have to have a second surgery in his ankle. The first one already hasn't worked, and there's already been a setback, and now they're talking about a second surgery. I reckon he's done. Not not Shouldn't be bothering. Hopefully, nobody here is stashing him. Surely not. But yeah, like I don't think he's playing again this year. Jeremiah Robinson now has a foot fracture. I don't think he's playing again this season. He might. They said six plus weeks. Six plus weeks takes us to middle of March, which leaves us with one month left. They're not going to rush him back, and even if it is, limited role. Darius Garland will miss tomorrow. He missed practice, so he's out again. Uh, Brandon Goodwin, another stream option there. Bill Hernan Gomez and Garrett Temple are in the COVID protocols. Um, yeah, I mean, sure. Like, that at least opens an option for Trey Murphy and Jackson Hayes. More minutes. Larry Nance is ready to return, it looks like. He's questionable for tomorrow. How that impacts Covington and Nurkic, we'll, we'll have to wait, wait and see. And then Don Mitchell's ready to go tomorrow while Rudy Gobert looks to return early next week, either Monday or Wednesday are their two games next week. There's only one more game this week for the for the Jazz, and Gobert is not going to play in that one, but he could be back at the start of next week. And I'm just getting an update here saying that Paul George is having another MRI February 24th to see if it's healing, if he needs surgery. Yeah, there's that's... Jesus Christ. That's rough, man. He's getting the MRI on 24th. That's three weeks away. And then to see if he needs surgery... Yeah, that's yeah. Okay. That's not ideal at all. That um he's potentially out that long. That that takes it through to you know post All-Star, probably March at best. And I I I don't I don't think he's coming back, but we can't know that for sure until he gets that um until he gets that extra um that extra scan on the 24th, which again is still 3 weeks away. Let's talk about Bet Online because they're here and they got everything you need for the Super Bowl. All the props, the odds, the lines, all everything leading up to the Super Bowl in a week's time. BetOnline.net remains the most or well, the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football, there's pro and college hoops, there's NHL, boxing, UFC, along with live real time updates on current games. 
Don't wait and take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. Bet online is where the game starts. NBA trade deadlines coming up on the Locked On NBA YouTube channel. So head across there and hit the notification bell. Thursday, February the 10th, 2 p.m. Eastern. Kim Becker is hosting. John Corrales is there. And me, Josh Lloyd. I'm there bringing my stupidity to the show, talking about all of the moves that go down from a real-life and fantasy perspective across the NBA on trade deadline days. Head to Locked On NBA YouTube channel. Search us up. Hit the notification bell. We go live 2 p.m. Eastern on Thursday, February the 10th. Let's um, yeah, let's look across where we need to now. The top ads over the last 24 hours. Most added player over the last 24 hours has been Javonte Green. That paid off pretty nicely today. His minutes are up. His production's good. He's a solid stream for 12 teams. I didn't think we'd ever get to this spot, but he's playing really well. And Yekka Okongu up 15%. Well, that didn't really work out too well today. His upside is capped because of Clint Capella. Um, I don't mind having him in 12-team leagues, but we saw the downside of that today. Kevin Herter up 12%. With Lou Williams out today, it really helped Herter for sure. I'm not convinced he will remain must roster 12. Reggie Bullock up 11%. Take a flyer, no problem with that. Lonnie Walker up eight. That's a stream for today. Dan Gafford up seven. I like it for the short term. Fournier up six. I mean, sure, but whatever. Davion Mitchell with Darren Fox's lingering ankle injury. Yeah, Mitchell, you just stream him in and we just roll with it and see what happens with Fox. I've got no idea. Maybe hold Mitchell through the deadline, I think. Come on, Looney up 6%. He's a solid ad. Well, PJ Washington Jr. It was good for him. Yes, um, yeah, yesterday. Good game yesterday. Is that going to continue with Haywood um, likely back? That's going to be the big question, isn't it? Whether he remains a 12-team league guy, but there's absolutely no problem with rostering him. Your top drops, your most dropped players over the last 24. Um, Isaiah Jackson, everyone jumped straight off ship. Played that 22 seconds. He's out again tomorrow. He's been dropped. I would be inclined to hold. But because he's out tomorrow, Sabonis still out. Are we back on Goga? Goga's questionable. Hmm. Otherwise, it's the Red Rooster time. Terry Taylor. Keep an eye on that. I wouldn't mind streaming in Goga and Taylor. Billy Hernan Gomez down 13. Not only is he in COVID protocols, but he's back on the bench. Biombo down 11. Didn't even play today. Whiteside down 11. Well, Whiteside could have a start tomorrow. I don't know if I'd have been... Yeah, no, actually, that's not true. I would have dropped him, but stream him in for tomorrow. Finney Smith down 9. No problem. The Tank Tom Bryant down 9. Yep, see you later. Uh, Alec Burks down 7%. Cool. Brandon Clark down 7. I'd like to hold, but it's not looking good. Austin Rivers down seven. Jesus, why was he even rostered? And then Gabe Vincent with Kyle Lowry back. Very, very hard for me to consider him any sort of must-hold player. Let us... Um, yeah, let's talk games. Yeah, that's what we're up to, isn't it? Let's look at the first game of the day. Minnesota Timberwolves. Detroit Pistons. The Wolves get the job done. 128-117 on the road. Just getting the... Um, just getting it done. Townsy. 21 and 14 with four assists and two blocks. Good stuff. Nine of 10 from the line. But what is going on with the artist formerly known as Torian Prince? 23 points, 24 minutes, five threes, six rebounds. That is two absolutely cracking games in a row. He is now, hold on to your dicks, the 96th ranked player over the last two weeks. Excuse me? What? Yeah, he is. I don't know how. D'Angelo Russell being out is helping. Josh Okoge being Josh Okoge is helping and also being out. Um, he's outplaying Malik Beasley, Jalen Noel. Is there any way this can... He's outplaying Jaden McDaniels. Is there any way it can continue? Hmm. I doubt it. But I am interested in 14 teams. Very, very interested for now. 
Pat Beverly, I cannot stress enough. I know the injuries are annoying. They're very annoying. But he's playing and he's got to be rostered. 11, 6, and 7, two threes, two steals. Malik Beasley, very good game. 18 points in 20 minutes. Don't trust it at all. While Goose had 25 points, Anthony Edwards. Didn't have much else. Shot only 43% as well. In a little bit of a slump the last two. Jared Vanderbilt only played 24, which is annoying. But he had 13 and 6, two steals and a block. And honestly, I don't know what more you could have asked for if you've got Jared Vanderbilt. McDaniels had 10 points in 32. He's realistically not even a 14-team league guy. For the Pistons, there was no Cade Cunningham. There was no Josh Jackson. So Frank Jackson played 27. He had 25 points with five threes. He's not anything more than a scorer. We know that. And with Cade out, he really stepped up and took his chances. But I don't really buy him more than being a 14-team points and threes streamer. The curious case of the flame and galah, Alf Stewart. Is that you, Mr. Stewart? Well, who the hell else do you think it'd be? Get in here, you pair of flame and galahs. Um, the issue I have here, and this is what makes fantasy or my job hard or fantasy confusing at times, is Jeremy Grant was out, Kelly Linick was out. There was a time you know, when Isaiah Stewart was the only center on this team, and he would play 23 minutes a night. Now everyone's back, and he's playing 31 a night. Has he actually improved his play that much? I honestly don't think so. I think he's doing basically the same sort of stuff. But now he's playing 32 minutes as opposed to playing 23 when those guys were out. That's three games in a row of big minutes for Elf. 10 and, not, not that they're great numbers, 10 and 13. But 10 and 13 might be enough for you to have value there for 12. I wouldn't be super excited about doing it. But when the minutes trend that way, you might as well grab and see what happens. Jeremy Grant had 20 points, two blocks, 44%. Bad from the line. I know this sounds bad and it sounds like I'm a hater. I can't wait for him to be traded. I just I just can't... I hate watching him play in that role. I hate it. It's just not who he should be. Hate it. Good for him getting his money. Congratulations for him. Hope he gets heaps of it. I hate watching him play in that role. And it's always a great opportunity when Cunningham's out. So you can go to a starting backcourt of Corey Joseph and Rodney Magruder. Like, you should lose by 100 points. Just You should start on negative 100 just for that decision alone. Magruder had six points in 17 minutes, so that was cool. Well done. Um, and Joseph played 31. He had seven points on 33%. Sick stuff. Six assists. While your lottery pick who's played, what, 80 career games, Killian Hayes, languishes and plays 20 minutes. I'm not advocating that he's good because he's not. Do I think he's got more potential than Magruder and Joseph? Yeah, obviously. And playing these guys isn't helping you win. It just isn't. There's absolutely... It doesn't even have to have been Killian Hayes. It could have been Diallo. It could have been Frank Jackson. Could have been Saban Lee even. But Rodney Magruder and Corey Joseph. Dwayne, my guy. Um, don't worry about Magruder. Yeah, Joseph's got some stream value while they continue to incorrectly prioritize him. Ah, oh, better talk about the depressed penis. This is a huge game from Sadiq Bay. 51 fantasy points, 21 and 13. Eight assists. That's a career high. He also took 21 shots, which is a lot, and only hit 38% of them with only 50% from the line, which hurts. But getting those assists and those rebounds and that volume is huge. I th yeah, it's obviously fake. Like He's never going to be that assist guy or a 20 and 10 player, but he's got solid back-end-ish sort of value. As for um, MC Hamadou Diallo, nine points in his 15 minutes. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that he is a drop in you know, the vast majority of the vast majority of formats. We're going to head across and talk about the rest of the games, including Miami's big win over the Spurs in just a second. But before I do that, I'm going to tell you about Bilt Bar. 
Wish I had a built bar right there now. I would be smashing it straight in my face. Look at one of those kids with chocolate stains all over their skin because that's how much I love them. I don't want to have a boring old protein bar. Why would I? It tastes like crap. I want to have, I want to have, that's the right English. I want to have a built bar because it tastes great and it's good for me. 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar, four grams of carbs, 130 calories. Whew. It doesn't get any better than that. And the flavors, oh my God, cookies and cream. Just put it in the Hall of Fame already. You got coconut. It's an all-star starter for sure. You got mint brownie, you got salted caramel, peanut butter. These flavors are amazing. So head to built.com. Look at the vast array of different flavors that are out there, including the special edition ones. Most of those are goaded. So check those out. Load them into your cart and use our code LOCKED15. That's it, built.com. The code is LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5. And get 15% off your order of Built Bar, which is, of course, built different. As promised, let's talk Heat and Spurs. I don't know how much we're going to talk about it, but we are. Because the Heat had a big win over an underman San Antonio team, 112-95. Big news is Kyle Lowry returned. He only played 25 minutes and took one shot for two points. That's shithouse. But it's just great that he's back and playing. This will ramp up. And with him back, we saw Gabe Vincent play 25 minutes and have eight points with three assists, three steals, and a block. That's still serviceable from Gabriel. I just don't think that there's any point in holding him in 12s. Because Lowry won't play 25 minutes. He'll play 28, he'll play 32, he'll play 35, and Vincent's numbers will go down. Tyler Hero had 24, 5, and 5, good stuff, while Adebayo, 18, 11, with four steals. Getting the steals in big numbers this year, Bam. And the Spur Dunk Robinson had 17 in his 34 minutes. Um, the Winter Soldier only played 16, Max Struess, we can go ahead and drop him. And PJ Tucker only the 24, and Jimmy Butler only the 25. It's because it was a blowout. Like That's fine, we got you know preserving Butler and Larry, that's great. 17 and 7 for Jim, but they didn't need to play anymore considering how easy this game was. For the Spurs, no Murray, no Pirtle, no McDermott, no Landale. Um, I don't expect Pirtle and Landale to play tomorrow with concussions. I think Murray might return. It looks like Zach Collins will make his season debut tomorrow. So how that all works will be really interesting. Will How much will they play um, Collins? What does it mean for Thaddeus Young? What does it mean for Drew Eubanks? Very interesting to see how they run that um, run that rotation tomorrow. Why not? Um, they started Thad out of nowhere at center. Of course they started him, Josh. It's a trade deadline. They're going to showcase him. Yeah, they're going to die. They're just going to do it, man. They're going to do it. Showcase. Because nobody has ever, ever seen Thad Young play before. And his seven-point performance in 24 minutes with eight rebounds absolutely convinced the team they must have him. No one's ever heard of Thad Young before. No one's ever seen him. Who's Thad, Thad Young? Thad? Thad? Is that how I pronounce it? Or is it a silent H? Like Tibbs? Is it Tad Young? I don't know this man. Lucky he got to showcase the trade value there. As we talked about on the trade deadline preview show earlier today, I don't mind him as a stash. That's actually a solid fantasy line. Seven and eight, three assists, two steals. Not bad. But, you know, does he even play tomorrow? I've got no idea. Maximum Derek White played only 22 minutes in the blowout. Maximum Derek. 22 points with four threes. He's the only one who really played well. Well, Trey, actually, that's true. Trey Jones played well. 16 points in 36 for him with two steals, but he'll just go back to the bench. It was a stinker from Devin Vassell. When he gets the opportunities, he farts on it. And then when he doesn't have that opportunity, he pushes into more minutes. I don't get it. Seven points in 23 minutes, 22% shooting. Shout out Des Bain with two steals there for Vassell. I like him, 
but the minutes consistency and production consistency isn't there to label him as a must roster. Lonnie Walker did jack shit. He was worse somehow. Seven points in 27 minutes. And Keldon Johnson was worse again. Seven points in 23 minutes on 25%. Jono did have to make a trip to the locker room with an ankle injury, but this is bad Keldon Johnson. Just horrific efficiency. No, is he ever going to get a defensive stat? I know he's had some, but he just never gets them. It's actually ridiculous how few defensive numbers he gets. And we want to talk stinkers. 8% shooting for Josh Primo in 27 minutes. Just a disgustingly bad night all around for the Spurs. They chalked this one up as a loss very early on. That's why you see the minutes all over the place. And that's why it's very hard for us to really get too much out of it in terms of you know, reading values moving forward. The Hawks, big win over the Suns, 124-115. How about Mikael Bridges? It doesn't matter what game it is. They're just chucking 40 minutes into him every night. I think he's going to blow up. And not blow up in a, like, your produ- production is blowing up and looking good. Like, I mean, he might combust. 40 minutes, 24 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 steals, and 2 threes. And when we talked about him being this top 70, top 75 fantasy guy, you're seeing why. right? I know he's been bad all year, but he is the 29th ranked player over the last two weeks. He's up to 86th on the season. Points leagues, he's ne- he hasn't been good. And he's obviously improving at the moment. But we are actually seeing him light shit up at the moment, and it's awesome to see. Chris Paul, another 18-4 and 12 with three steals, and Booker had 32 points. Not a lot else, but he had 32 points. And Cam Johnson, more minutes than usual, 29 of them. 13-8, and eight, two steals, three threes. 29 minutes for Cam Johnson is 12-team rosterable. Will it happen every night? Yeah, that I'm not sure about, but he was pretty strong here. While Aiden played only 24 minutes. The disappointments continue with this bloke. Six and nine with four assists. We're not dropping him, of course. Might leave that for another center on another team that we talk about later on in the day. We'll see. Um, That's not great. Let's hope he can get these minutes up. Jay Crowder had 10 points with two threes, but we all know that Jay Crowder is an emergency desperation 12-team stream, and then you piss him off with the quickness straight after that. The Atlanta side of things, Trey Young returned after a one-game absence, just casually dropped 43 with six triples and five assists, 64% shooting. That was sick. He's the seventh-ranked player this year, 50 fantasy points. Johnny Collins, 31 minutes, 9, 10, and 10, three threes. He hurt his shoulder at the end. He looked really bad. He went to the locker room. He came out. He sat on the bench. He did a post-game interview. said he's fine. Hopefully, hopefully it's crisis averted. We'll see what happens. They play tomorrow. He reckons he's going to play. Let's hope so. The center situation got even more confusing because Clint Capella only played 25 minutes. You go, oh, that leaves 23 for a Kongwu. No, 15 for a Kongwu. One point, four rebounds. It wasn't his best night. If you did add him, I think he's more 14 than 12, but if you did add him, I would hold through this. But the problem with having someone like Anyeka Okongwu is that upside is actually capped by having Capella there, is that he has to be almost at his best every night to be a back-end 12-team league player. To be the 130th best player, he needs 24 a night, needs to split those minutes and be on his game every single night. And you have the couple of turds, much like a Devin Vassell, really, that the good games are great, and then, but then if you're not at 100%, you're not, use, you're not useful. And that's what happened here. Hold him. And, and another thing, now, I'll never, get, I'll never get it through to everyone. I never will. But um, let's put it out there again. If John Collins is hurt or traded, it doesn't actually change anything for a Kongwu. They are not, surely not, going to play extended run with a Kongwu and Capella next to each other. Unless it is just absolute desperation stakes, I just cannot see how they do that. So a Collins injury, a Collins trade does not mean 30 minutes for a Kongwu. And if it does, I'll apologize. I just, I don't see how it works. I don't see how it could possibly work. Um, 
Lou Williams didn't play. He has been sitting one game of each back-to-back. And that's important for the following reason. Because we look at Kevin Herter and go, holy shit, he played 37 minutes. 19 points, five threes, three assists, and a steal. You go, well, that makes him a must-roster, surely. But no, not really. Because two games ago, and three games ago, when they were healthy, he played 24 minutes as a starter. And two things happened here. Lou Williams' 15 minutes were wiped off the board clean. And DeAndre Hunter played 21 minutes because of foul trouble. So let's give Hunter 10 minutes and Lou Williams 15. 25 minutes need to come from somewhere. Where do they come from? Unfortunately, a lot of them come from Herder's 37 there. And while this is great, that, that is a great line. 19 and 3 and 3 with 5 triples. It's really it's solid. Like Herder's not a top 150 player this season despite playing 29 minutes. And I don't think he's going to get 29 every night. So while we can stream, I think as actually tomorrow, you'll see him under 27 minutes. That's what I think will happen. As for Hunter, I know he's got a lot of fans. I know that. And it's hard to judge too much off only 21 minutes because of foul trouble, but he gets no assists, no defensive stats. He had two rebounds and one assist in this game. He has averaged 28 minutes a night this year, yet is the 241st ranked player. And while he could play an extra four minutes a night for sure, that's a bloody long way to go to make him a must-roster player. It's a bloody long way. 240th is shocking. He's actually really bad. You're not remotely close. Gallinari's ranked better than him this season. He's ranked 21 spots ahead of Dillon Wright. He's ranked 130 spots below Onyeka Okongwu. But people will sit here and tell me about how awesome he is and how he has to be a must-roster player. The numbers would tell me that's clearly bullshit. He's nowhere near it. Um, yep, Devin Vassell's 151st. Keldon Johnson's 147th. Lonnie Walker is ranked ahead of DeAndre Hunter this season. Think about that. So while we look at him as the number four overall pick who had a nice 15-game stretch before his injury to his knees last year, the 23 games he's played this year have not been particularly good. From a category, category fantasy perspective, they're not that good. And I know Cam Reddish is gone now, so theoretically it clears up minutes, but maybe it doesn't. I, I'm not out here telling you he's a must-roster, and I've been saying that for a while. We got 36 out of Bogdan Bogdanovich, which is good. Only 11 points, 6 assists, but again, he's going to lose some of those minutes when Williams comes back and when, Bog, uh, when Hunter plays more than 21. So while he's the guy that I would prefer over Hunter and Herter, I don't think he's necessarily a top 100 guy as we move forward. And I know people think that's controversial. He's the 159th ranked player this year in 29 minutes. Not really doing too much. That's good, is it? At the moment, it can obviously improve though. Sorry, I'm talking a lot on today's show. Over time, the Raptors beat the Bulls 127-120. The Raptors are playing really well at the moment. For Chicago, overtime game. It's Bulls. It's Big Bulls. Bulls is it. Bulls a bitch. He's rolling at the moment. 15th best player over the last two weeks. 61 fantasy points here. 30 and 18. Four threes are still on a block. Of course, somehow as a big man, he attempted zero free throws, which is par for the course, but good numbers. And i tell you why I think he could be in for a prolonged stretch because Zach Levine's back is, kids, I'm very, very sorry. His back is fucked. Did you see him after the game? He was grabbing his back all game. He's complaining. Look, players don't often come out and say, yeah, my back's really sore. He looked in pain. I, I think there's no chance he plays tomorrow. I'm surprised he played today. Really surprised. And I think that might lead to a little bit of extended time off here. And yeah, three, four games. And that's going to enable Vooch to keep it going. DeRozan had 28, 6, and 7 with two steals. Good game from him. He's back absolutely on fire. Fifth ranked player over the last two weeks. 
Well, Javante Green talked about him earlier. 13 and 6, three steals and a block. And it didn't come on you know, 80% shooting. He shot 43%. He's been a great rebound, steals, and blocks option. But instead of 26 minutes, he's playing 33. That puts him in into the, the mix, for sure. Um, as a 12-team as a league guy. Back end, but it puts him in the mix. Io Desunmu, 11 points on 42%. That's not good. But eight assists is nice. A block is nice. We're still holding him. Well, Kobe White had 16 in 23. Kobe White, to me, is just a streamer. Your Jordan Clarkson-style player where you can stream in for points, but everything else that he lacks brings down the overall value. For the Raptors, you're going to be shocked. They played a lot of minutes. 45 minutes for Siakam. 25, 13, and 7, two steals and a block. That's 57 fantasy points. He's the 21st-ranked player over the last two weeks. He's 37th for the season on a per-game basis. You could have got him in the 70s. I got him in the 90s in a draft. People were very scared of that injury. Now, I am often very worrisome about taking flyers on players with knee injuries coming into the season. That does not extend to upper body injuries. Anything with your lower body, the risk of a setback is so high. And the risk of it taking longer is so high because you're on that all the time. With your shoulder, they basically come back, bang, to the day, ready to go. Same with a broken arm or a broken wrist or something like that. Bang, they're back at the same time. All, all the time. We knew Siakam was coming back start, of, start to middle of November. That's when he came back. And you're already getting like a 30, 40, 50 spot discount on him. And you, know, you can deal with that for the first three to four weeks of the season. Just remember that though. With those uh, shoulder injuries. The Jedi. OG Ananobi. But what about Scarf? OG. Stop OG. Uh, you better stop OG. A lot of people have told me how down they are on Ananobi's season this year. He's the 54th ranked player. 21 points, 6 assists, 5 triples, a triple 1. Big game. Van Vliet, 21-4-9. Another strong game as he makes the all-star team. And Boucher. 25 minutes for Chrissy. He'd been missing, but played a little bit over Scotty Barnes in this game. 16 and 10, two steals and a block with Ken Birch back. We hold, and we see where it goes. Achua had 5 and 11 in 18. Well, the big tree played only five minutes, Ken Birch. That'll ramp up, you would assume. And then Gary Trent, not Gaz's best night. Nice, Gary! He did basically hit the um, the you know, game-clinching shot. Ended with 16 points on 39%. We talked about how his shooting percentages were going to come down, but he added two steals and he hit three threes. Still a really, really nice game. Just nowhere near as good as what some of his previous ones had been. All right, let's flick it over. Next game, Warriors comfortably dispatch the Kings 126-114. Of course, there's still no Darren Fox, whatever this ankle soreness is, so Davion Mitchell continues to play well. The one of three from the line is annoying, but 26 points, eight assists, 38 minutes. We just keep streaming him in while Fox is out. But to also put it in perspective, over the last two weeks, he's playing 29 minutes a night. He's still 197th. So he's not like he's blowing us away. This is obviously better, and the last couple of games have been improved. But we still keep streaming him. Rough one for Tyrese Halliburton. 10 points on 11 shots. Six assists, two steals, two threes. We keep rolling with him. But he's not like a guaranteed big big production every night player. But he's a really friendly fantasy guy. I know you all want to hear about Rashawn Holmes, so let's talk about it. 24 minutes, four points. Four rebounds, three assists, a steal, and a block. Another shitful performance. He is not playing well at all. He's checked out. Like I, I just feel like he's checked out. And that's what happens when you play for a disgustingly bad organization. I feel sorry for Kings fans more than I feel sorry for almost any set of fans in the NBA. Because the players get there. Whatever happens behind the scenes, kids, sorry. But it fucks them up. It just fucks them. Like They're all shithouse. They're all terrible. Buddy Heald is checked out. Harrison Barnes doesn't care. Rashawn Holmes doesn't care. Darren Fox doesn't care. No offense to those blokes that are listening, but they're, they're not actually checked in fully. They're not. Um, 
I'll hold Holmes through the deadline. But also, I'm not averse to picking up Damian Jones, who had 17 and four, five assists, a steal, and two blocks. I don't think Jones is particularly good, but that's a bloody good line. If he plays 25 minutes, he is a fantasy guy. We've already seen that earlier this year when all their guys were out. 31 minutes for Mo Harkless, 18.6 steals, a block, and two threes. That's two crackers for Harkless in a row. Big defensive games. Is he the guy they should prioritize over Chimezi Betu? Not in a million fucking years, but who cares? It's the Kings. Alvin Gentry does not care. He's their coach. He doesn't care. He wants to get home and sink piss. Like, he doesn't care. Yeah, you could stream Harkless, but he literally could be a DMP in a week. Um, It's just a disaster. Buddy Hield, what, what are we holding on to him for? Six points in 27 minutes. Just horrific stuff again. For the Warriors, it's a lot brighter. Um, yeah, it's a lot brighter. Clay Thompson, 24 minutes only, 23.7 triples and seven assists. His passing this year has been a huge surprise. Great, great stuff. Steph, 20 points, seven assists as well, two steals and four threes. Jordan Poole got a couple of late buckets to make the line look a bit respectable. The two steals and a block are nice, but he had 12 points with 25 minutes. Um, he's still trying to figure out how to play, but a little garbage time production here makes this line look better. Still a hold. John Kaminga was really impressive. 18 and 7 in 26 minutes. With Draymond out for four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, who knows? Porter still dealing with a foot injury. Kaminga's going to be marginally interesting. Now, prior to this, he was the 300th ranked player in the last two weeks, which is obviously horrendously bad. But we see flashes, 18 and 7, but it's 80% shooting. A lot of it is, wow, look how good he looks on court versus what is the level of fantasy production that's coming. But I wouldn't be surprised if Moses Moody, who started this game. When you look at Moody Moody, Moody Moody, 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 Moses Moody, Moses Moody. I wouldn't be surprised if he makes way for Kaminga next game, if Porter's not ready, and they start, um, and they start Kaminga. Just watch that one. Wiggins' post All Star selection bump cooled off. Twelve points in twenty-eight minutes on twelve shots. These are the numbers why Wiggins was struggling to be a top one forty player. After he had that little really hot streak that bumped him up, yeah, back down a bit. We're still holding him. He's still a back-end guy. Um, but yeah, just a very, very comfortable victory here for the Warriors against the Sacramento Kings. Then we go to the last game of the night. What a crazy finish. The Lakers lose to the Clippers, 111-110. On a last few second Reggie Jackson layup. The Clippers were up huge. The Lakers got back in front. And in the end, it is, it is the Clippers who win. Well, just, I don't know, just a crazy game. Anthony Davis, 38 minutes on a back-to-back on a busted knee. Still not enough. 30 and 17, two steals and two blocks. That is huge from him. Just a huge game. Well, Malik Monk was awesome as well. Monk remains a 12-team league bloke. 21, 7 and 7. Westbrook struggled. Put together some numbers late, but 17, 6 and 4, a triple one. Bad field goals, bad free throws. Avery Bradley continues to be one of the most overrated players in the NBA by NBA teams. 20 minutes, 6 points, 2 threes. He shouldn't be playing at all. Yet here he is starting. Austin Reeves needs that spot. 25 minutes, 5 points. Not saying Reeves is anything more than a very deep league fantasy guy, but he should be getting those minutes. Mallow pulled a hammy. You would think at his age that he would miss a few weeks. 11 minutes, 7 points, 2 triples. He was putting up okay stream numbers without LeBron, but again, I'm expecting him to miss. And that should give some extra time to Horton Tucker and to Reeves. Um, and Trevor Ariza was back in the mix. We're not really adding any of those guys, but it does have an impact there. Stan Johnson, I guess the the sheen is off him a little bit. Not that he was a fantasy option really at all. 
Two steals and a block in his 23 minutes as Dwight Howard got another 10. For the Clippers, Reggie Jackson probably playing the best out of the Clippers at the moment. 25, 8, and 6 with three threes. That's really, really strong. And then Marcus Morris, welcome back. 29 points, 36 minutes, 7 rebounds, 6 triples, 3 assists. Shot 69%. Giggity! Um, he'd been terrible before this game, though. They changed up the starting lineup. They put Nick Batum back in. He brought the defense, two steals and three blocks. And he probably is a 12-team league guy, but the same thing, guys. Morris, Batum, Bledsoe, Kennard, Mann, Coffey. Some guys will have good games. Some guys will have bad games. And they'll just rotate it way too often for us to get any level of consistency or reliability in what they do. It's just going to be too hard for us to do that, I think. Yeah, Batum's fine to hold. Luke Kennard is fine, although it was a stinker. 10 points with three assists and two threes. That's not a good game in 29 minutes. Amir Coffey had three points in 24 minutes. This is the problem with, again with all these guys. You can have them. I don't, there's no problem with having Kennard or Coffey. Having Terrence Mann's probably is the wrong choice. Batum, Morris, Bledsoe is probably the wrong choice, but Bledsoe was better than Kennard and Mann and Coffey in this game. There's just too many guys that are going to ha- mix into each other's minutes and on a game-by-game basis change. Like, we've well, got 34 minutes out of Serge Ibaka today. What bloody year is this? He had 20 points with nine rebounds and two blocks. Or Hartenstein languished in 14 minutes. He did have some fouls, but not egregious foul trouble. Didn't play back particularly well either, Hartenstein. I wouldn't be adding Serge Ibaka, but it just shows the rotation here is very, very hard to understand. Ibaka literally wasn't playing. And Hartenstein was playing 22 minutes when Zubats was out there. Now he plays fewer minutes despite Zubats not playing. Can't, you, can't recog- you can't make sense of that. And that's what I try to do, make sense of what happens. And it's what we try to do in fantasy. But you couldn't look at that and go, well, this is what's been happening. Therefore, Serge is now going to play 34, which is way more than Zubats was doing. And we're going to re- reduce the guy who was playing already. The logic would tell you then, if we want to play Serge more than Hartenstein, why isn't Serge playing more than Hartenstein in every other game? It's, it's very hard to apply logic to any of these rotation decisions, making Morris, Ibaka, Batum, Bledsoe, Hartenstein, Canard, Mann, Coffey, all very fringe guys that you can stream in and hit or you can stream in and miss, and there's absolutely no way of knowing. It's really frustrating. I think Jackson Jackson and Batum probably are the only guys I feel even relatively confident about for 12-team formats. Morris probably there, Canard and Coffey probably there, but who bloody knows, man? It's just all over the place, unfortunately. Let's look at the lines of the night. Your monster goes to. It's Bosa. It's Big Bosa. Bosa zip. Bosa bitch. Your waiver wire line of the night goes to. Mo Harkless. The young gun is Davion Mitchell. And your dud of the night is Keldon Johnson, who struggled mightily. The top 10 players today. Number one was Vooch, followed by Anthony Davis. DeMar DeRozan, Trey Young, Clay Thompson, Pascal Siakam, Mo Harkless. Reggie Jackson, Carl Anthony Towns, and Mikhail Bridges. Your top 10 that are available in over 50% of leagues. Harkless at one. Yeah, there's some defensive steel stream there. Damian Jones, I don't hate it. With what they're doing with the rotation, uh, take a flyer, man. If you need a center, take a flyer. Torian Prince, I don't know what the hell to make of this. While D'Angelo Russell's out, yeah, take a flyer on 14s, I would say. Frank Jackson, yeah, while Cade is out, maybe you get some points boost there. Barker, if Zubats is out, you can, I guess, try it, but long-term, nothing. Javante Green, I don't mind him for 12. I think adding him is worthwhile. Malik Beasley, not interested. Toscano Anderson, not interested. The Undertaker, Dwayne Devon, played some minutes next to Bam Adebayo today. I don't think there's much to look at there. And then the Italian Cocktail Gallinari. Keep an eye on him if Johnny Collins happens to be out. But I think if Collins does miss time, it'll be Gallinari. It'll be Hunter, it'll be Herder, it'll be Bogdanovich, it might be Luau Cabro. It might even be Jalen Johnson who step in to take those 29 to 30 minutes without anyone really establishing themselves as a great option. 
In points leagues, the top 10 players today were Davis, Vooch, Siakam, Sadiq, Chrissy Paul, Trey Young, DeMar DeRozan, Bam Adebayo, Reggie Jackson, and Carl Anthony Towns. That will do it for me today. Don't forget, follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, leave your comments down below. Give me a thumbs up, guys. We're done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.